Philadelphia Union, San Jose Earth, DC United, Los Angeles Galaxy, Colorado Rapids, Vancouver Whitecaps, Orlando City SC, Montreal Impact, NYC FC, Seattle Sounders. Pitch Pass, your all-access credential to the people that matter in MLS. Here's your host, Greg Roach. Well, depending on your outlook of what you expected this year from D.C. United, it has been anywhere from where you thought it would be, a little bit better, promising, solid. These are all words to throw around. But one word, one player has stood out as a very, very pleasant surprise, and that is Ted Pietro. Let's get to know Teddy a little bit better, shall we? Welcome to Pitch Pass, sir. Uh, thank you for, for taking some time. I know you are in the middle of, uh, of running errands, I think, throughout the day, right? Uh, I just got a haircut, that's all. <laughs> well, that, that, that's, a, that's an errand, Ted. Yeah, te- technically, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, totally. I mean, what what else would you call it? You got things to do today, you got a to-do list, and you're checking it off. It's true. I mean, at least today, it's the only thing I have to do. But So the rest know. the rest of the day is free? Uh, yeah, yeah, basically. Nice, nice. Just gotta go home and cook. Well, and talk to jackasses on the radio like myself. So you got that on no, your to-do no, list no. today. <laughs> no. um, I, there is so much that I want to unpack with you and talk to you about. Um, do you want to start like right now or do you want to start at the beginning and work your way up to right now? I'll give you I'll give you the interviewee's choice. Uh, you can start start now. Okay. Yeah. Let's, let's, let's start now because I think for a lot of people, when taxi went down, the, the kind of concern was the team is really good, but they don't have that person who can break down a defense one V one. And when the reports started to come out of, of preseason training and, and what you were kind of doing on the pitch, it, it alleviated some of those fears, but then actually seeing you come out uh, starting from the first match and now moving into the starting lineup, it was, uh, it, it, I'm not saying we don't miss taxi. I'm just saying you have made us miss taxi less, which I think is a, is a huge compliment. Well, thank you for that. Uh, I mean, obviously it was a huge blow to the team when taxi went down and, uh, it's not anything you want to see happen to any of your teammates because, or any player for that matter. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I just obviously came into the preseason with a good mentality and just try to be as consistent as I can and trying to be, um, continue that consistency right now. I think somebody who maybe doesn't know uh, as much of your story as a a DC United supporter would think to themselves or want to ask the question, oh, did seeing how Taxi played once he got to DC United last year uh, influence how you seem to like to cook on the pitch? But you've always liked to cook, Ted. Am I am I right in assuming that? Because from Loudoun United up to now, it seems like you're just a guy who likes to get on the pitch and cook. Uh, I mean, good good wording on that. But I mean, I just I like to play as you know free as possible and just be able to you know do the right things on the pitch and play with my teammates because I think when I play with my teammates uh, and you know, help them to their best ability. I think that's when I really shine and I'm able to play the best of my ability. Um, I'd like to say all the way from Loudon until now, I just really enjoy being on the field whenever I'm on the field, uh, however many minutes it is. 
it's got to be fun, gratifying, whatever word you want to use to kind of have forced your way into getting minutes, um, especially as a young player, uh, especially as a player who was who came through in a more traditional way, which we'll get to as we start moving back in time. Um, but to be able to get on the, the radar of a player uh, of Wayne Rooney's stature and now a manager of, of DC United and and work your way into demanding more minutes with your play has got to be, I don't know, is the word gratifying? Is the word fun? Is the word rewarding? What's the word? I would say it's uh, rewarding, rewarding, and a little surreal. I mean, especially to play under such a great player like Wayne Rooney is kind of unbelievable. Uh, especially he was a player here as well. Um, you know, just getting rewarded for all the work you put in—that's really the most gratifying thing. And uh, you know, I mean, I've just been trying to work as hard as I can in the off season and last year just to really push into the eleven and. Um, even last year into the roster just to, you know, make an impact and let people know that I'm trying to do the best that I can. We hear a lot about Wayne playing young players, and it seems as if whenever a young player gets his debut, even going back to last weekend and, and Jacob Green, uh, his refrain is is pretty similar, which is he tells the the player as they're about to make their debut, go out, have fun, be intense, do what you do. Don't be afraid to make mistakes. So we've heard that so often now that it's kind of ingrained in a DC United supporters head that this is kind of how Wayne does. But I want to ask you as a young player, is there, is, is that really what he says? And is there other things that he kind of does as we lead up to the minutes that you will eventually get in a game that help to kind of build you up, build your confidence up, or at least at the very least, let you know what his expectations are if he is available or if he does decide to give you minutes. Yeah, I would say he, he does say that and he allows us to, you know, go out there and uh, do our thing because I believe he does give us a platform to go express ourselves and, um, especially in Jacob's case, when he came on last week and he did exceptional, he did excellent. And uh, I think that's just just one of the examples of all the examples of the young players doing well when they when they uh, make their debut. Uh, it just gives us the confidence to go out there and be ourselves. I want to ask you, because... I'm going to throw you in with the kids. You're 21 years old. I'm not going to put you out the pasture just yet, Ted. Um, but <laughs> the, the you are you are on the older end of the kids. Is there something? Do you take any responsibility to kind of help these these teenagers as they make their way through? As somebody who has kind of been through all of the steps that they are are going through, do you feel like, in some ways, you're like a younger veteran to to these kids, especially as you came up through the academy and they're coming up through the academy? Uh, I like I do like to think of myself as a a young veteran, as you said, um, to these younger players, especially. The ones that have signed recently, um, like Matai or Fletcher or Jackson, but um, I do like to keep them in check. Sometimes, you know, don't let them get too big of a head or anything like that. That's, uh, I think that's mainly what I like to do for them, especially when, you know, I have a go at them or they have a go at me. It's it's good to help them get experience, you know, in a more professional and older environment. 
Yeah, and I think as we start to kind of look back on on your illustrious career thus far, that's one of the things that I feel is an advantage for you because a lot of these kids are, and especially now, but always it's always been kind of a thing in soccer. It's it's very accelerated and it's very go go go. Get to this team, start playing up, start playing up two years, get in an academy, get signed, be a young a teenager getting on the field. Your process was a lot more. I would say American sports ish where you you kind of had to clear every level to get to where you are now. What do you look at when you look at your experience as opposed to somebody like Matai, who is being uh, I don't want to say rushed because it's not being rushed, but is being fast forwarded through a lot of those hurdles? Yeah, I would say. It's very difficult, especially as a younger player. If, at least for me, if I was thrown into an accelerated environment, as you said, it, it is very difficult and it takes time to transition as it does for almost anything in life. Um, I would say I did like what you said about, uh, you know, kind of an Americanized way to come up and clear every level. I think that has given me the advantage, like you said, in multiple ways, you know, to keep that confidence instilled in myself and saying, listen, you've done everything beforehand. You've done all the right things. You prepared well, and you've done that on every level up until now. So now you just have to conquer the next level. And I think that has allowed me to succeed thus far in that way. How does how did the Loudon experience prepare you for the DC United experience? Because it wasn't a situation where you were signed to a homegrown contract and then loaned to Loudon. You were signed. You played for Loudon without the kind of well. I'm just here on loan, but I know if I keep working hard, I'm going to get back to the club. You had to work hard without that kind of security blanket of knowing I'm on a homegrown deal. So how did that kind of help prepare you for what you're experiencing now in MLS? I think it was probably the most important decision I have made in my life and in my career. Uh, Just strictly off the fact of everything was on the line. So every day was a battle and every day I was competing for a spot with a, to go to the first team. So, and prove myself to everyone within the soccer world. And I think that was the biggest switch in my mentality where it's all or nothing here because if you're going to sign a professional contract, I'm not going to be able to go to college or mm-hmm. play in college, get a scholarship from a sports stance. And uh, I think everything that year, especially in 2021, I was injured predominantly in uh, 2020. So for that switch to happen in my life and in my career, I think that was the most important thing. And it helped me realize that it's more than kind of just a job, like it's your whole life. You have to dedicate everything that you're doing to it and your preparation and your thinking and how you orient your life. There's a couple of layers to that answer, which I loved. Um, I'm going to start with the family aspect. Uh, it is well known that you come from a big family. Uh, if if anybody's read the article in Washington Post, it's a very tight-knit, big family. Um, I feel like somebody in your position uh, 
would need the well would be able to have as an advantage to have a support system to rely on when you're making a decision of okay well I'm an American at the end of the day and the American way is to go to college I'm going to try another way you you need the support system to be able to have the strength to be have the conviction to go I'm not going to do that I'm going to sign a deal uh, in USL and work my way up through the professional ranks how important was that support system for you or is this a decision where you were like you know what Roach I made this decision on my own this was what I wanted to do and I did it I'm I would say my parents have especially having nine children they have allowed us to make our own decisions and live with our own decisions. And I think that's something that they've stuck by throughout their whole parenthood. And uh, I think it's benefited us, benefited us all um, a ton, especially in my case, they said, okay, if you're going to do this, you have to be a hundred percent in. Otherwise, you know, there's a high chance it won't work out. And I think that's uh, something that they've always taught me in, you have to live with the consequences of your decisions, good or bad. Uh, but at the end of the day, that support system was easily the most important thing within the whole uh, two years of that loud stint. So I think that's what allowed me to, you know, keep pushing and keep going until I eventually made it to the first team. So let me ask you a question, and, and I ask you this question, and I want you to keep in mind uh, when you give the answer that I love to take a, a few minutes and have, when I get to talk to players or coaches at the professional level, I want them to keep in mind that I'm asking this from a youth player uh, perspective. When you, and you say, your parents say to you, Ted, we support you, but you got to be 100% in on this. As someone who was making their way from an amateur to a professional, what was 100%? Like, what does 100% mean in terms of real-world actionable things? And did you have a concept as a, as a late teenager, amateur, about to be a professional player, what 100% means? My parents set me up correctly in that sense with the support system ever since I was a kid that in order to succeed at things, you need to be 100% in, like I said before. But, and also, like I said before, to orient your whole life towards that one goal. Correct. Because it's more likely that you succeed at that one thing if you're only focusing on that one thing. Correct. So that, that always happens. Yeah. So that means, like, I assume you're talking about, you know, obviously practice, but also nutrition. Also you know, sleep, getting the right amount of sleep, also what you're doing in your free time, all of those things go into the 100% answer that you gave. Yeah. For something me and my brother like to say a lot is you have to work so hard at something. And I like to live by that, especially in my career, but just in life in general. If you really do want something, you can go out and get it. That's, I think, the biggest thing as a kid, as a teenager, and even now, I think that's the biggest thing I've lived by up until this point. How close were you to going to college? Honestly, I never even nice. considered it. <laughs> Which is, in hindsight, not <laughs> safe at all. But Because it could easily not have worked out. But I, uh, 
you know, I took my chances. Now, look, Ted, you're a professional athlete now. You are 21 years old. You are a grown-ass adult. You are uh, a starter on an MLS team. You can answer this question honestly. Was the reason that you really didn't consider college because you had fully bet on yourself as a pro or didn't really feel like going to class? I would say it was a perfect combination of <laughs> both. I mean, I <laughs> it's not that I didn't like school. It's just of like course. In, my, in my brain, it was, you know, why am I not playing soccer right now? Like, that's the biggest thing in my mind. What was your uh, where did you before you were with United's Academy? Where did you play your youth soccer? It's a pretty long list. I <laughs> you before, jumped around, jumped around a lot, Ted. Yeah, I mean, not too much, not like every year, but still, like a decent amount of clubs. Uh, I started off when I was really young uh, at FPYC Fairfax. Then I went to SYA, mm-hmm. and then I went to Bethesda South, which is Osmond Quadros. He made he basically partnered with Bethesda, and then they. Uh, made of Bethesda South and like Annandale, Tyson's area. Right. And then I went to Arlington. And then United. Yes, and then DC's Academy. So, look, I think you were, as an Academy player, you were there in a transitional time from the older way that the that just Academies in general worked to the way that it feels like it works now. I don't know if you still pop your head into Segra just to see what the academy is up to, but if you have, what are some of the changes that you've noticed as you as you started your academy experience, as you finished your academy experience, and now looking at the academy today? Obviously, there's been a, a ton of growth and a, a ton of resources now added, but what, it, what were some of your impressions through that process where United went from kind of an old-school academy to a – a modern world academy type system. Mm-hmm. I think the biggest difference right now is the, honestly, I think the biggest differences are the competitions that the kids are in. So I think that it's very good that they get to play, play in an MLS next uh, pro league. And then they also get to, it's a little different. It's a little confusing to me, honestly. But uh, And they still have GA Cup, which I'm actually very happy about. I think that's one of the biggest competitions and um, players can get scouted at or just be seen. Uh, so I think the biggest difference is probably how much the mm, – how do I say this? It's just, in my mind, it's very different because, you know, I trained at RFK right. and we lifted in RFK and we were basically, you know, living there after school because we were there for so long and taking the Metro and everything. And I know the Metro's out in Leesburg now, but uh, <laughs> just, just very different, especially, you know, I, I had friends and teammates that were getting like jumped on the right. Metro. Um, and getting stuff stolen, which is obviously not something you want to see. But uh, I think it's a better 
format now since the kids are set up to succeed at a great stadium like Segra. Uh, you know, I, I haven't looked too much into the academy side of things now. I was actually going to go to Segra today for uh, something for the academy, but it got moved. But uh, I don't necessarily have a definitive answer for you right now. No, you do, and that you kind of you kind of did answer it. And I, I love Ted that you answered it in a back in my day situation of you know what, guys, you think it's hard now. I had to take the metro. And we were doing an RFK's weight room. And you're here at the United Performance Center with all these great weights. You should see what we had to lift back when I was in the academy. I like the way you did that, Ted. You, you old man the hell out of that answer. Maybe maybe a little bit. <laughs> didn't mean to too much, but uh, if that's what I have to do to get my point across, I guess. But it shouldn't – look, you shouldn't have to worry about getting jumped on the Metro uh, because you want to play soccer at, a, at a, a high-level academy. So I think – look, you said you didn't really answer. You totally answered. This is a situation now where these kids are getting picked up. They're being driven to a beautiful facility to train and then being driven home safely so they can get home. And they're doing it all for free, which is a really, really nice thing. Very much so. It helps. And I, I, I think it should be that way, honestly. I don't think kids should have to worry about that stuff. So, look, as we kind of look ahead to the rest of the season, um, you know, it, it was initial diagnosis for taxi was, was four to six weeks. We, we are coming up on that four-week um, first marker, uh, which means hopefully he'll be back sooner rather than later. What are your thoughts on the rest of the season as far as what you have as your goals? Um, I think for me as a, as a supporter, as an outsider, I looked at it as soon as you came on uh, in the first match against TFC, I just thought to myself, oh, cool, we've got somebody who can play like Taxi and can hold Taxi's spot. But I feel like watching you the last few weeks, somebody else might need to move out of the starting 11 uh, when Taxi comes back. I assume, as a professional athlete, that's what you're thinking and hoping and, and working towards as well. Yeah, of course. I mean, I just, at the end of the day, uh, I would say, I just want to be my own player and uh, play as free as I can and help the team win. I mean, the biggest goal for me, like you asked, this season would be win as many games as possible. I mean, there's nothing else we can do. There's nothing else we should do. It's just at the end of the day, it's all about winning and whoever wins gets paid the big bucks. So that's the most important thing for me. I love that answer. Um, last thing, just announced – MLS All-Star Game, we knew that was going to be uh, at your home stadium, which is Audi Field. Uh, the just announced was that it will be against Arsenal. I know Ted Pietro would his goal is to be playing in that MLS All-Star Game. If we somehow don't end up as a Pietro All-Star, will you be in the house at Audi Field for Arsenal? Or is that not something that you go, you know what, I don't really care about that stuff? Or is it like, hey, Arsenal, I want to check them out? Oh, no, of course. of course, uh, I'll be in the house no matter what. I mean, me and my friends and family will definitely go, especially the form Arsenal has been in this season. is unbelievable and very entertaining to watch. Uh, no matter what, I'll be there. Outside, um, outside of MLS – 
what team do you support? My favorite team is Barcelona, mm. but I don't have a favorite Premier League team. So, you know, it's funny. So, I just like that. Go ahead. I like to support managers and players more <laughs> than uh, teams in the crowd. You know, it's so funny because people ask me all the time. My my team is Ajax. And so people people ask me all the time, okay, great, who's your Premier League club? Like, first of all, Ajax isn't good enough to be just a team that I support and I can't, I have to support a Premier League team. So I love that you said I don't support a Premier League team either. Um, but then I always go, I don't really have a Premier League team. I, I kind of look at the Dutch players and my favorite Dutch players who are in the Premier League, I tend to gravitate, gravitate towards. Now that's turning to because there's more Americans. So like, I'm obviously looking at Leeds a little more because they have American yeah. players. But I do love the fact that you don't have a, a Premier League team, and I feel seen because whenever I say that, people always kind of go, yeah, but who is your team for Premier League? It doesn't have to – you don't have to have a Premier League team, Ted, and you've made that easy for me to say to other people. Yeah, I mean, Ajax is a wonderful club. I mean, I've actually been in a stadium. It's, it's unbelievable what they do there, and I love their philosophy and the way they play. Yep. It's – I ideal in my eyes but uh just super super drill sergeant um played this way i i right. love that so why what drew what attracted you to barca i mean was it was it a group of players was there a time period where you were kind of being formative and you were looking at him like nope these are my guys i would say i would probably say just the way they play Mm -hmm. I mean, especially back in the day, it was unbelievable. Even if they weren't winning games, it was one of the most entertaining games you would see in your life. So uh, I would say that's why I gravitated towards them. And I think that they play the right way, which is, you know, keep the ball until you can go score tons of goals like they did. Take the ball past the ball. That's why the name of the documentary is called is that. Exactly. <laughs> uh, Ted, thank you so much, man. I hope to catch up with you uh, later on in the season and we can just kind of do a recap on, on how the season is going. But I thank you for taking some time early this season. You, for me, have been one of the highlights of DC United in, a, in what has been a very, very solid start to the team. But it's been even elevated more being able to watch you play and play as joyously as you play. So thank you for the time and thank you for the entertainment. I really appreciate it. Well, thank you so much. Thank you for having me on. For more show information, go to pitchpass.com.